You're listening to Marketing Major at Josh and Mo, a podcast created for students by students who are curious about marketing. to our listeners we have a really special guest today and a special topic uh so it was just the 1017 celebration of legalization day on thursday uh, and since it's monday today we'll be rolling into the cannabis world i'm sitting here with mo today and with laura miller she's a former bcom graduate with a major in international business and a minor in marketing yeah and you bounced around a bit internationally did some cool stuff in singapore and mexico and then Funny enough, did Lululemon. I did. And met Heather Thompson, who we've had on the podcast before. Uh, and then jumped into cannabis and is working for Tokyo Smoke. So we are very excited to have you on the podcast. And just to start off, can you explain a little bit about your role as brand manager for Tokyo Smoke? And then I think Tokyo Smoke might be like a bit of a new company for some people. So if you just explain briefly what that is. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Excited to talk about the wild world of legal cannabis. Um, So my role is community and brand manager for Alberta for Tokyo Smoke. And I work on our retail marketing team and our community team. So specifically in this role, I support our retail business. So when we are opening up new stores across Canada, as well as any sort of experiences that involve strategic partnerships, collaborations, events, experiential marketing, local content generation. So it's pretty vast and it's pretty diverse in terms of the experiences that I get pulled into. But my main focus is on supporting the Alberta market and then working on different projects for across Canada um, that bring the Tokyo Smoke brand to life. So in terms of who Tokyo Smoke is, so we have a pretty interesting background in terms of how we started in the cannabis space and what our original roots are and where we started from, and then also what currently the structure of our organization is. So we first started as a startup cannabis brand based in Toronto, started by a son and father team, Lauren and Alan Gertner. They um, were pioneers in the cannabis industry, and it was a bit of foresight, a bit of intuition that they knew cannabis legalization was coming to Canada. And so they developed the Tokyo Smoke brand to first be a design-led brand focused on coffee, so a coffee shop concept, as well as really intentional cannabis accessories and creating cannabis normalization and experiences for people to engage with cannabis and a place for them to go to find out about cannabis that wasn't, you know, the seedy head shop that was around the corner. And um, so something that was more sophisticated, something that was more design led and something that was worthy of to be incorporated into someone's lifestyle. So we first started with coffee shops throughout Toronto, um, Queen West, Bellwoods, Um, in these really iconic neighborhoods in Toronto. And then we expanded further into acquiring a few different other lifestyle-centric cannabis brands. So notably Vanderpop, which is a female-centric cannabis brand that started in Seattle, founded by April Pride, who is a big champion for women in the cannabis space and normalizing cannabis consumption for females. 
Doja, which is our West Coast brand. So classic West Coast BC lifestyle. Um, that was a grow facility as well. So where we cultivated our own unique cannabis strains. And then also another brand called Maitri, which was based in Quebec and was founded by actually a former Canadian military veteran and a former Canadian road bike professional cyclist. So more of that like sport and recovery um, aspect to cannabis. Those brands all together created an organization called Haiku Brands, which operated kind of like a fashion house. So, you know, different personas um, for cannabis connoisseurs. So people who are interested in purchasing cannabis accessories, learning about cannabis. And then Doja was cultivating our varietals and our strains of cannabis. And then about a year and a half ago, we were acquired by Canopy Growth Corporation. So Canopy Growth is the largest cannabis organization worldwide by market share. We're a massive company that incorporates cultivation, so growing our own cannabis, um, developing different products, extraction, oils, flour, edibles, drinks. And then we have a whole bunch of different brands within Canopy Growth related to cannabis across the globe. So we're a worldwide company. And then how Tokyo Smoke fits into that. So Canopy Growth has two main retail channels, retail banners. One of them is called Tweed and the other one is called Tokyo Smoke. So I specifically work on the Tokyo Smoke brand to help develop what our retail experience is and then also different experiences to feature our Tokyo Smoke branded products. So cannabis products as well as accessories that are created under our brand label. It's really fascinating how how vast the industry is already and it's are pretty pretty new. It's only a year old yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. Even as a as an organization in Haiku, you guys have your hands in so many different segments and reaching out to so many different people. So it looks like you guys have a you have a pretty good idea and a good scope of the entire industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. Do you just want to let us know, just out of curiosity, some of the front runners in the industry right now, what they're doing well and what they're excelling in, what they're doing differently than everyone else? Yeah, so first and foremost, the cannabis industry in Canada is pretty new. It's very new. You know, we're one year into legalization. There is a few dominant players or a few large players. I think specifically being in Alberta, we can't ignore the fact that Aurora Cannabis is here and has a huge imprint throughout Canada and has done a really great job in terms of expanding their capacity for cultivation and for production as well as developing their retail channel through Nova Cannabis and different partnerships for new formats that are going to be coming out. So vapes, edibles, chocolates, drinks of that sort. And then there's also a a number of players within Alberta who have done a great job developing, you know, the retail um, landscape. So we see someone like Fire and Flower that has opened up numerous locations and has specifically focused just on retail and then has developed partnerships. So they're within the High Park um, organization. Um, So it's really hard to, for me to call out, you know, one or two that are doing a really incredible job because I don't think we've seen enough yet. I don't think we've seen enough of the results and the impact to really say, you know, this is the front runner, this is the leader in the industry obviously working for Canopy Growth. I'm really passionate about what we're up to as an organization and to be a part of a company that has such a huge vision in terms of 
global cannabis recreational consumption and how Canada will pave the way for what legalization will look like in Europe, for what legalization will look like in South America. I'm really excited to see where Canopy is going to go with this and how we'll continue to develop world-class cannabis within Canada, but also how our reach and how our knowledge and expertise will also expand into new markets throughout the world. What's interesting is a lot of the times different companies and organizations, the way they set themselves aside is through like their branding and their marketing and that sort of stuff. But at the moment, especially in Canada, legislation has really put some constraints on what you can and can't do. Do you want to just kind of tell us a little bit about approaching those boundaries and, and your struggles dealing with the whole legal aspect of your industry? For sure. Yeah. So why I joined the cannabis space and why I thought that this industry was a fascinating place to build a career was that it was literally going to be building from the ground up. So there's no playbook. There's no rule book in this industry. There's a few industries that are similar. You know, we can look to liquor and alcohol or tobacco or consumer packaged goods. But for the most part, we are creating from nothing in this industry. So it is a lot of trial and error. And it is a lot about finding the gray space or finding the loopholes to really bring to life a brand, really bringing to life an experience and creating opportunities for consumers to connect with the brand and to experience products and develop that brand loyalty or that brand affinity. Specifically within the legal landscape, um, the industry is highly regulated. Cannabis was at one time a considered a drug and considered a substance that was not legal within Canada. And so Health Canada with legalization has made it very strict in terms of what can be shared in terms of promotions and advertising. And they're very strict on safeguarding to ensure that cannabis is never marketed towards minors or seen as inducement. So positioning it alongside something that could be seen as lifestyle or seen as a desirable thing to do or consume that would sway a consumer to wanting to purchase cannabis or um, so everything that we do needs to be age gated. So all of our dispensaries are for adults. So 18 plus in Alberta, 19 plus pretty much everywhere else in the in the country. And that extends to any events or experiences that we do. So when we look at the current landscape right now of what is marketing, a lot of what we are doing is experiential marketing. So creating experiences for people to engage with the brand. And whenever we create these events or collaborations, they need to be specifically non-visible to any minors and that have pretty strict regulations in terms of where they can be held. And then in terms of social media presence, um, traditional quote unquote advertising, there is not a lot that we can engage in. So for example, we can't have any images with people consuming cannabis like on any of our promotional materials or social media channels. We can't position cannabis alongside an activity such as yoga because that would be perceived as lifestyle or give a nod to consuming cannabis at the holiday time. Like we have to be really careful on how we navigate through that in terms of how we position it. And there's no rule book in terms of it's very gray in terms of how Health Canada has laid out the regulations. So 
I have an incredible legal team that I brief in multiple times a week on our concepts and we go back and forth a lot. And we really, as an organization, evaluate what our risk tolerance is. And um, being an organization that wants to be cutting edge and be very design forward and sophisticated and doing something that is out of the norm, we have to be careful to ensure we're still being compliant within that. You talked about how your hands are kind of tied in terms of what you can do in marketing, but you also position things that you can change. What do you guys rely on the most to make that difference? Because if you can't do like certain things with pairing it with like yoga or like a lifestyle or something, what do you guys do like currently that like sticks out to you as successful? Yeah. So our biggest focus is on education. So creating experiences and programs that link back to education and also Tokyo Smoke as a brand, we've developed our cannabis to be branded as an intent experience. So we have five different varietals of cannabis that have a unique experience. So they're called Rise, Go, Equalize, Pause, Ease. And so each of those cannabis varietals, which you can purchase in a flower or an oil or a capsule, um, give kind of like that nod to how you could incorporate them into your life. And then also in all of our Tokyo Smoke locations, we have a pretty robust education program. So we offer events called Higher Learning, which are sessions that people can come up out to to learn about cannabis. So Cannabis 101, methods of consumption, cooking with cannabis, terpenes. So what are the different properties of cannabis and how can you learn about them? as well as we offer a one-on-one education program called InfoSesh, where anyone can book in to attend a one-on-one session where you'll get that more intimate, customized experience to learn about cannabis in our dispensaries. So education is a big focus for us because that's one way we can connect with consumers and connect with our guests and share more about what we're up to. And then we also do a lot of um, experiential marketing and events. Um, We do partnerships with events that are currently happening in markets. So we just did a really um, unique event with Vanderpops and one of our other brands in Toronto at 29 Rooms, which was presented by Refinery29. We have a partnership with Toronto TEDx coming up where we're going to be doing a brand experience at TEDx Toronto. So we do look for those opportunities to collaborate and to partner and then also to produce events that are unique to us. So whenever we're opening up a location in a new market. We do pretty big grand opening events and experiences to give that opportunity for people to experience the brand inside the dispensary and also in an event setting. So our next part is a little bit of a listener engagement thing we did on Instagram. So we put an interactive poll out on Thursday and Friday and we got some really good responses. So we picked our favorite question uh, from Sonia. So congratulations, Sonia. We'll reach out to you to get that gift card for Starbucks to you. Uh, But she asks, what are some ways you combat and work around the negative perceptions of weed? Yeah, it's a great question and something that we are always keeping top of mind in terms of how do we normalize cannabis consumption and really create experiences to have conversations about the stigma that currently is in place with cannabis. So for us, education is a big component of that. So sharing information about how cannabis can be incorporated into someone's life and sharing accurate information in terms of, you know, 
you can't overdose on cannabis, that not all cannabis is high THC will make you completely blasted. But, you know, there is a huge experience and huge realm of products that are CBD focused, which have no intoxicating effects and are are therapeutic and really bring a balanced effect to cannabis consumption. I would say like working in this industry and being a female in this industry, and I'm also expecting my first child and and soon going to be embarking on motherhood of, you know, there is a stigma in terms of like, oh, like you work in cannabis or, you know, or everyone who's working in cannabis comes from this like stoner mentality and our heritage consumers and who um, have been consuming cannabis for years and are uneducated or not high functioning or lazy or you know, all the classic, all the ones classic you think things of. Yeah. that you think of and what's really unique or, and what's I think really inspiring about working for a brand like Tokyo Smoke is we are positioning ourselves to actually show people that cannabis consumption can be intentional. It can be sophisticated and it can be something that is incorporated into your lifestyle in a really mindful way and in a way that allows you to be at your best and be at like your fullest potential. So yes, there is a stigma, but I wouldn't say that it is fully negative. I think it's really shifting and people are becoming more open to what cannabis consumption can be and also how cannabis consumption can provide something positive to your lifestyle and also like support people of all different demographics. So, you know, we see a lot of people of the older generation coming into our dispensaries, coming into our shops because they want to start using less prescription medication. You know, we see people bringing in their parents or their grandparents or, you know, we also are experiencing people who are choosing cannabis over alcohol as a way to enjoy more recreational things in their life. So it's rooted in education and it's rooted in really giving people the information that they need to make empowered choices. And then with us within branding, it's creating an experience and creating something that is really approachable and also something that a product that you would want to put on your coffee table that, you know, maybe is a cannabis consuming accessory, like a bong or a pipe or a vaporizer, but it's beautiful and intentionally designed and made by, you know, a local Canadian craftsman. So it's an exciting place to be. It doesn't come with its challenges, but I think in Canada, we're really breaking down what that stigma is and people are becoming more open to it. Is one challenge of the stigma too, like, I think as you're experiencing Lululemon, usually you try to turn your customers into brand ambassadors. Is that hard, especially early on with the stigma? Because people might be like scared to tell other people about, you know, like shopping at Tokyo Smoke. Like maybe it's really cool of them, but they wouldn't want to say like, you know, hey mom or hey guys, like go check out. Or like at work, say like, hey, go check out this cannabis shop. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, there are people who maybe are still can't, closet cannabis consumers are not open about their consumption. And I think that that's part of it. And the more that we can educate people and share and, you know, show how cannabis consumption can be normalized and how it's not this like stoner mentality or it's not this experience of having negative implications to your life, but also really adding value to your life. And the more people who are talking about it, I think supports us in normalizing it and breaking down the stigma and having people be confident and proud of their cannabis consumption. You know, being a part of an organization that has 
people from all different industries um, and all different places in their life in terms of like young professionals to really experienced people who've been in multitude of industries and senior executive roles to parents, to grandparents, you know, it's cannabis touches all of it. You know, there's people who are choosing to incorporate cannabis into their life for so many different reasons. And the more that we create opportunities for people to talk about it and for it to be normal and for it to be approachable and to not be something that's scary or not be something that's negative or seen as undesirable, the more I think people will be open about it and sharing like, yeah, I consume cannabis or like, yeah, I put CBD oil in my smoothie every morning. And like, this is why, because it actually allows me to be a highly functional person or allows me to be really balanced and it makes me feel great and makes me feel good. Yeah. Some, I mean, other industries that have done a really good job of normalizing the use of their products, that would be like alcohol, tobacco. Um, now they're kind of reversing vaping. And vaping of yeah. Course. Um, yeah. Vaping's an interesting yeah. one right now. And now they're, they're kind of reversing and some of them are becoming more taboo than normal. It's really interesting to see. But when looking on, into how to normalize the use of cannabis and cannabis products, do you look at other industries like alcohol and tobacco and to kind of position yourselves or, or develop your strategy at all? To be honest, not really. No, um, cannabis is kind of in its own own lane right now in terms of, you know, what we are creating as an industry and also within Canopy Growth, like what we're creating for the experience of cannabis across all of our brands there's some really distinct differences between cannabis and alcohol and or cannabis and tobacco and even what we've seen in the media with vapes in the US and in terms of the really negative um, press and implications that we've been seeing. All cannabis in Canada that's sold through the recreational and medical markets is all heavily regulated in terms of being tested, really strict and high standards in terms of quality. So we have that in terms of access to this market that's highly regulated that you're going to be getting safe products. So from that, we know if you choose to consume cannabis and purchase it from a legal recreational cannabis dispensary, it's going to be safe. And then we have the layer of education and really supporting people through their cannabis experience of how to consume and you know, what products to choose first and using a varietal that is, you know, more balanced or more CBD centric rather than something that's really high THC. It is unique in terms of that cannabis is kind of on its own in terms of this new product coming into the legal market. And also just what I think is so positive with legalization in Canada is we're going to see so much more research coming out. So there's going to be more funding going towards research. Within Canopy Growth, we have a individual at the University of British Columbia School of Medicine who is basically a researcher who is doing cannabis research specifically for us on the impact of cannabis consumption and with different ailments and the effects. And so with legalization comes also access to more information based on research and based on what we're learning about this plant and how it can um, help and aid, and also the space of really therapeutic consumption. So we have recreational consumption, and then we also have medicinal consumption. And where I think we're going to see a really large segment of people choose to consume cannabis is for this more therapeutic space. So the same way that you might put 
you know, a superfood powder into your smoothie, or you may take melatonin at night to help you go to sleep, like these alternative herbal remedies or um, like superfoods, I think we're going to see cannabis be positioned a little bit more in that space as well. Obviously, that's to come and we'll see as the industry unfolds. But I would say education, research, and also like therapeutic consumption is what's really going to lead the way. I would like to dive into, like you touched on it there when you talked about uh, the therapeutic markets as like something that's going to come in the second phase of legalization, as you guys call it. Like, I guess the first phase is like more so jumping over those hurdles and educating people. And then do you think in the second phase, you'll see a lot more like product differentiation and things like that? Uh, just because like I went to my first cannabis shop yesterday and it's like the brands are all very similar, I guess, at the shop. So it, it's kind of hard to like differentiate yourself in terms of what you're selling. Yeah, absolutely. So right now, so when cannabis was legalized a year ago, so what was made available legally in the recreational market was flour, so dried cannabis, oils, so oils that were in capsule form or just strict oil form or also in spray form. And now, one year post-legalization with the second round of products being introduced, we're going to see on the market consumables, so drinks, edibles, as well as topicals. So, you know, anything from like your skincare products to your muscle relaxants to your bath bombs, and then also a further development of extracts. So waxes, shatters, um, and oil-based cartridges that you can use um, for vape consumption, so vaporizer consumption. And right now, there is no product differentiation in the market. So, you know, what you see on the shelf of a Tokyo smoke dispensary and what you see on the shelves of a Fire and Flower or a Nova Cannabis is pretty similar in terms of product because everything goes into the central distribution that is organized by the AGLC, and then all retailers buy from that um, inventory. So there is no product differentiation across the market right now in Canada. And that's also been due to supply. So we haven't had a really strong supply out of the gate in Canada. Most people who have, you know, gone into dispensaries within Alberta, within Canada have probably noticed that there's been a lot of stockouts or shortages, or you go in one week and they have a whole bunch of one brand and then the next week they don't. So what we're going to see as this industry matures is one, there's going to be more difference in products available. So no more product differentiation across all brands and also across all formats. And then we're going to also see retailers start to customize their inventory more based on one, what consumers are asking for, and then two, what are the brands that are under, you know, their greater um, organizational portfolio. So our organization, Canopy Growth, we have two retail banners, Tweed and Tokyo Smoke, but then we have a whole bunch of different cannabis labels that we'll offer in different cannabis formats. And obviously we'll want to position those products on our shelves more strategically than necessarily positioning a competitor or someone who's not within our organization. So we'll definitely start to see more. Um, I think that in terms of those new product formats like vapes, um, edibles, topicals, drinks, they probably will be in early 2020, like January, February, and we can expect them on the shelves. 
I feel like now the probably the one of the biggest struggles um, that comes from the lack of product differentiation is building some brand loyalty um, within the industry. Mm-hmm. So as more products hit the market and more brands are being recognized, how are you, maybe specifically as Tokyo Smoke, are going to try to build some brand loyalty um, within the industry? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, it's one thing that is really top of mind for us just in a in a market and in an industry where people are very much in the introductory stage of learning what's out there and learning what products and what brands are out there. How are we creating a connection with customers, with guests? So one of the things that's really top of mind for us is creating memorable experiences. So creating experiences within our retail shops that are unique, which are impactful. So really leading with education. So our event programming with higher learnings with the one-on-one customized education sessions through InfoSesh, and then also continuing to push the boundaries and really capture some interest and excitement by doing events and partnerships and um, strategic collaborations that put us alongside other brands that we admire and that we think are up to uh, really incredible things. So those two strategies in terms of our own unique experience and ensuring that whenever you walk into a Tokyo Smoke location, that you receive a great experience and that we also have product available, that we have accessories that are functional and also beautiful, that we have an experience that makes you feel welcome, that makes you feel Um, empowered to make a decision based on how you want to consume cannabis. And also that makes it feel like you're coming home or that you're going into a place that's recognizable and that's really approachable. So that retail experience is, is really key for us. And then holistically from a brand perspective of, you know, everything that we do and everything that we create is like bullseye focus on like our brand ethos of like high design, intentional, like a little bit more forward in terms of like the mainstream, like we, we want to be known as a brand that's pushing the boundaries and that's doing really thought provoking things. So today we've discussed a lot of things that actually apply to retail and you got your start in retail too. I did. Yeah. So I'd love to just hear uh, your quick pitch on why students should go to the reality retail on November 21st. I am someone who started my career in retail or very soon after graduating from the University of Alberta School of Business. And this event is going to give you a sneak peek into what is possible with a career in retail. And you're going to learn from some incredible um, keynote and panelist speakers who have built a career in retail, specifically in Edmonton, which is so relevant to new graduates or upcoming graduates. And What I never expected about retail was the opportunity to really holistically run and build a business. So, you know, you can start your career in a more focused discipline such as marketing or finance or accounting. But what retail can really offer is an opportunity to dive into a career where you will have accountability and responsibility into recruiting and hiring and training into budget management and financial planning into inventory management and, you know, supply chain and optimization into marketing and branding. So I think that it is going to offer a really rich experience in terms of what's available and what's possible with a career in retailing. 
That's awesome. No, I'm I'm sold on the event. <laughs> I'm speaking myself. Um, well, I, as on behalf of me and Josh, want to thank you for coming in and and shedding some light on the industry and really sharing some key insights. Yeah, thanks for having me. For sure. Just as, a, as something, just to leave the listeners off with, what's maybe some trends or some cool events that might be happening in the future that you know we should keep our eyes on within the cannabis industry. Well. I want to let you know that we will be having Tokyo Smoke and Tweed locations opening in Alberta very soon. So I would say keep your eyes out for those. We love to celebrate our grand openings in a pretty big way. So keep your eye out for that. And for our listeners uh, who sent in the questions, Laura is going to answer them too and put them up on the feed. So be sure to check those out. Thanks for tuning in, guys.